Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. Thanks for being with us today. I'm Leanne Dolan. I'm here at the Wondery Sunset Studio. I'm a writer, producer, and dancer here in Los Angeles. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I am. I'm the youngest sister, and that's going to be very clear uh, later on in the show. Liz? I'm Liz Dolan. I'm the middle sister. I'm here with Leanne in the Wondery Studio in West Hollywood. And I got to say, Julie, Leanne is in costume today. <laughs> so, we really don't usually don't dress up for a podcast. No, no. We wear what we call radio wear from back in the day when our show used to go on the air live at 6 a.m. all over the country. We, and you'd, we'd have to go to work at 4 a.m. That's when you dress in radio wear. Yeah. Anyway, I'm very happy to be here. Oh, well, that's good. And I'm Julie Dolan. I'm in Dallas, Texas. I am the oldest sister. Uh, I've lived and worked in many places around the world. Uh, um, I am not a dancer, but I'd like to start off the show by doing uh, by giving a $5 shout out to a new listener, Nancy. Uh, she listens to our show. She found out about Satellite Sister Sisters, and she listens to our show on Sundays when she does her grocery sh- shopping. Now, as you recall, sisters, the expression $5 shout-out comes from my granddaughter's gymnastics meet, yes. where you can pay $5 to have someone on the PA system yell out, Go, Ashley. Go, Madison. <laughs> go, Brittany. So, go, Nancy. And we also want to give a $5 shout-out to all of our new listeners go new listeners okay all right okay julie wow maybe you know we love that we love that we have new listeners we love that you're finding out about it there's a lot of information on our website there are hundreds of shows there so you can download and you can you can listen to us nonstop for free Yeah, I would say that if you're if you're say self quarantining, sure. the fact that we have 840 shows ready there for you to listen, download them all. Go for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. All right, we yeah, have a so go, go new listeners. Yeah, <laughs> Julie, maybe you have another career as like a PA announcer. Yeah, thinking about that. Just if you're <laughs> looking for a side hustle, you might want. I think you must be watching a lot of cheer, and so you've right. just decided to go for elder it. Elder cheering is going to make a big com- comeback. I think like. <laughs> senior level cheerleaders. Okay, that's what I'm hoping for. I was a cheerleader at one point. I'm proud of it. And uh, I think it would be a great sport for senior citizens. Yeah. All right. Got to get you fire up your cow jump. Let's see it. Yeah. 
Let's see it. We do have a full show. I am in costume because uh, I did I did execute my Janet Jackson Rhythm Nation performance this weekend. Oh, execute, Leanne, is way too soft a word. You slayed it. <laughs> Thank you, Liz. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Also, Julie, you need a ruling on something that happened at the grocery store. Just egregious. It was. It happened. I, I'm just so upset about it, and I really want, but I maybe I shouldn't be upset. I want to ask your opinion. Excellent. We're always there to give uh, opinions solicited or not. Um, We are going to talk about COVID-19 and Mm -hmm. our response to it, which uh, Which makes no sense. Makes no sense. We don't know what to do. (laughs) What are you doing? We don't know. We don't know what to do. We're not going to tell you what to do. We don't know what to do. All right. Whatever. You have a funny story about anti-influencers. Yeah. Leon, I know you've always wanted to be an influencer, but maybe you could- For like 18 months. Maybe you could have more influence being an anti-influencer. These are people who just by liking a product can kill it. Okay. Oh, wow. That's funny. That's oh, funny. Power. Yes. That's a, exactly, Julie. It's a lot more power than incrementally increasing their sales. When you can actually kill a product just because of your track record of picking flops, then yeah, that's an exciting place to be in our current marketplace. <laughs> and Julie, you found a niche in the retail world that is booming, despite uh, the rest of the retail world really foundering. What is it? This is a shocking report about drunk shopping. <laughs> Apparently, it's a billion-dollar industry. There are a lot of people out there shopping while they're drunk. Wow. And it's not just in stores on the internet. They're in stores drinking (laughs) cocktails and shopping. Men and women. I can't wait to hear about this. And then we have some entertaining sisters. Um, We have a Sweeney Sisters giveaway. Oh, yeah. And then we have, I have some dates for my book tour. Oh, that's exciting. Speaking of just, uh, <laughs> just going for just it, just optimism overflowing. <laughs> that's the I'm way to do it. Setting yeah. up dates all over the country for my book tour in April and May. And I'm going to announce a couple of new dates that I've just set up at the end of the show. So, uh, so. Stay with us. Don't go anywhere. (laughs) Don't go anywhere. You got no place to go. (laughs) All right. So this weekend was my dance show. Uh, I performed Mm -hmm. with my middle-aged lady dance troupe, (laughs) otherwise known as the Della Santina Dancers, Mm -hmm. uh, at an actual dance showcase Mm -hmm. at McKinley Auditorium. It's it's a school for the arts in Pasadena. So we rent out the the old-fashioned auditorium, and we put on a show. And Liz, I have to say, you were there, and I appreciate you coming, Mm -hmm. because everybody else I invited didn't come. But that's okay. I've been there all four years Uh, I know you have. I know. You're my biggest fan. (laughs) My biggest supporter, Liz. Your husband was there. He was there. Yeah. And he he didn't come the first year, in fact, because I told him not to. But uh, He thought it was like a passing fad that you had. Like He didn't really need to support this activity, but apparently now it's here to stay. It is. And you're good, Leanne. You sent me the video of your rehearsal, your dress rehearsal. Right. You nailed it. I nailed nailed it it in the rehearsal. I had a lot of confidence going in. I was performing two numbers. One was an individual cha-cha to Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation. Yeah. So it was a cha-cha slash hip-hop. And then the other one was a group disco number, which was not a very hard technical dance, but we only worked on it for six weeks. So putting, getting like eight women to do everything all together, that was, that was the technical challenge for Uh that dance. Uh, But I felt triumphant, Liz, because I felt like I really did a pretty good job. You did a great job. And I knew you were confident going in because you even said to me, you can go ahead and videotape this if you want. Right. And I have a big moment right here in this corner of the stage. So, Julie, I got some stage direction. (laughs) She was producing her own video. Uh Okay. 
I Once can't a help it. producer, always a producer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought I might want to see it. You yeah. know, I usually don't share the video because, you know, whatever. It's just, it's it's not like it's a Broadway level number <laughs> or, or a Dancing with the Stars level number. Mm-hmm. But this year felt very special. You know, in the fall, I had abdominal surgery for colon cancer. And the dance was just a really big part of my recovery because uh-huh. I went back six weeks after surgery with once my doctor cleared me. But... You know, when you had abdominal surgery, I mean, I was not in great shape in December. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, a, a lot yeah, of things. I saw take your ahead. abdomen. Yeah. in, de- in December. Thank yeah. you. Thank no. you. Yes. I say this in the kindest ways, but it was like it was no Shakira. You know, yeah. that's uh, that's it. Right. I mean, I yeah. I mean, I had to get physically back into shape. So I did not. I would not have anticipated that I could do this. And I told the dance teacher, I was like. Let's just see where we are in January because I don't want to put too much physical stress on what I can do. Mm -hmm. But it was like the one hour a week where I wouldn't think about having cancer, which was Mm -hmm. so that. That's great, Leanne. Yes. Yeah. But can I say, even outside of the context of cancer and having (laughs) abdominal surgery, you still rocked it. Thank you. Like you weren't just good for someone recently back from (laughs) cancer surgery. (laughs) You were really good. Well, in January, I felt pretty strong. And so when we started to rehearse, I'm like, okay. And I knew the theme was dancing through the decades. And so he said, think about your music. And I went to the car and like pulled up Janet Jackson on my Spotify, hit Rhythm Nation. I'm like, this is it. I'm doing it. I'm doing Rhythm Nation. And I walked in the next week. I'm like, Rhythm Nation. He goes, that's exactly what I was thinking. So, you know, because he's a big Janet Jackson fan, too. So, um, so. What we did was we rehearsed the dance for about three or four weeks without the music. Mm -hmm. I didn't understand the psychology of this. I'm like, why are we going to put on the music? Well, you know what, Liz? When we put on the music, I thought, oh, my gosh, I can't do this because it's so fast. Oh, really? It was so much faster than I was working because, again, I'm trying to get my fitness You were working pretty fast on that videotape. I know. Well, that's I. it took me three or four months to actually get up to the speed. Like, at one point, he said... Do you want to perform it at half speed? Which is like, we are part of the rhythm nation. Like, that's how I was rehearsing it originally at half speed. He was slowing it down for me. I'm like, well, that's just insulting. I can't can't do that. No. Yeah. So I like doubled up my lesson, sort of working on my cardio. So I did feel great being able just to execute the dance start to finish (laughs) and be able to breathe at the end was huge. But it was just so much fun to be backstage with all my friends. All the women that dance are there for various reasons. My Mm -hmm. friend Jeru just had back surgery in September and she performed those gorgeous, the tango and the waltz, like spectacular, you know. I thought you and Giroux were the most advanced dancers, but everyone has a lot of heart. Yeah. And they're putting themselves into and it. And I don't even know if that's true, because there okay. are actually technically a lot better dancers Oh, okay. Than Maybe me. it's just because yeah. I only know you and Giroux. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. Natalie, who listens to oh, the show, did that very beautiful oh, oh, waltz. Oh, Natalie did a beautiful waltz. Natalie's waltz made me cry, I know. Joy. To Moon it River. Was, it oh. was really very, yes. very emotional. It was a really good story. Yes. No, and there were a lot of good technical dancers up there that compete. I don't compete. Yeah. So they, so anyhow, it when was to start competing well he wanted me to do something <laughs> in, he wanted me to do something in march and i was like i 
I can't. Well, first of all, I have to go back to work. I can't dance like five hours a week because yes. I have a book coming out. And secondly, like that just seemed too stressful to me at this point. Yeah. I, I didn't want to add extra stress. But there's something coming up in August. Maybe I'll consider okay. that. Oh. You know, just future land. Yeah, you have a future. I, I have to say, I like the hip hop portion. I think I'm better at the hip hop than the dance than the than the ballroom. But that's okay. The whole thing is just fun. It just yes. again puts me out there, takes me out of my head, makes me focus. The performance aspect is completely different than you would anticipate. I mean, uh-huh. you know, I've been on stage. We've toured with Oprah. We've done stuff. Yeah. I am more nervous, like, backstage before <laughs> in the McKinley Auditorium in front of 60 people I don't know than I ever was, like, uh, going on tour with Oprah. Just, like, because yeah. you're just putting yourself out there. It's a level of discomfort. Uh, and thank goodness it's a ton of fun. And yeah. it's a very supportive environment. And Piero seems like such a lovely guy. He is a really Your nice guy. Your dance instructor, yes. you can tell. Julie, you'd be impressed, like, how personal each of these dances are. He choreographs every dance for the lady and the song and the show. And, you know, they're all so different. And you can tell he's kind of understanding who his pupils are yes. and That's bringing, nice. bringing out like the best custom. in them. Yeah. You have custom dances. Good. Yes. No, Good. I, it's it's really true. I mean, it's, they're all wildly different. Wildly <laughs> different. Okay. Then we have wild. What's her name? Honey O'Sugar or her Sugar O'Honey? Her stage name is Sugar O'Honey. Oh, my God. That Julie. is not her actual name. But, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. It's all about the wigs with sugar, Julie. I think I think she did like three numbers in the showcase, didn't she? Leah? She did two numbers. She gets into the costume. We sugar is ageless. I has, she has a thirty five year old daughter, so uh-huh. I don't know. You do the math. Yeah. I, who knows how old she is? Mm-hmm. She emigrated here from Taiwan, as she told me one time. We were the poor Chinese, Leah, not the rich Chinese. <laughs> but now she has some sort of real estate empire. I, I don't sure, know. I believe it. <laughs> so, and but she is an incredible performer and, and nutty yeah it's just, yes. it's a nutty interpretation yeah. of whatever of, she's doing. whatever it is huge costumes she's pulling lemons out of her chest <laughs> like she did welcome to the she's jungle going. she's going for it that's good that's good welcome to the jungle she did welcome to the jungle and liz you know how she made her she was doing a lot of tongue action because it yes. was the 80s she actually put Kool-Aid, like she ate Kool-Aid so her tongue would be bright red. Oh, That's yeah. the level of detail she has in her performance. Okay. I like that level of professionalism. But well, the whole this is group. some show. Leanne, you got to have to let me know next year. I'll make a special trip out to L.A. To okay. See. That's people say that. But then. <laughs> so, no, I've but, never said that before. Okay. But, I, but now that I've seen you dance, before I just had heard about your dancing. But right. now I've actually seen it. Right. Like, so speaking okay. of that, there is video of it on the Facebook group. It's a closed mm-hmm. group, so it's not shareable. <laughs> so that's why it's there. So if you want to see some photos and a little snippet of Rhythm Nation and a little snippet of our uh, disco mashup, it's there at the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. You have to be a listener to join. Just yeah. answer the questions. But we'll this let is you your in. chance. To but this is your dance. chance. This is it. <laughs> okay. After all that, those niceties, I need a ruling about a gr- grocery store behavior that I saw this this week, okay? This week in the age of coronavirus. I'll just say that. Okay, here's the situation at my local, it's Tom Thumb, part of the Safeway train, uh, uh-huh. uh, chain. Okay, it's a display of bagged bunches of grapes. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. a big giant table. They've got the bags of grapes. They're on sale. Okay, the grapes are bagged for convenience and I assume for some kind of sanitation. 
there is a customer. There is a customer there, a male in his 30s with giant man hands. He's got giant <laughs> hands, okay? And what yes. he is doing is he is sticking his hands, the big man hands, in multiple bags of grapes. And I think the best verb to use is he's rummaging. He's rummaging through maybe 10, 15, doll, 15 different bags of grapes and picking off individual grapes, clumps of grapes, and rebagging them in his bag, okay? I mean... That is not no. allowed. Okay. It is. I mean, it's a grocery store. It's not a vineyard, right? right. You're not picking grapes there, right? Am I wrong to no. think that this was egregious behavior and that someone should have stopped him? Because he's now like manhandled all the grapes at Tom Thumb. So what did you do? I didn't buy the grapes. <laughs> yeah. That's tell you that. Sure. That's for sure. Can't you get on the PA and say, manhandling and I'll eat? Rummaging. Yeah, I here's my great policy uh, is that I feel like it is legit to test one grape because sometimes grapes are soft and they're terrible and no uh-huh. one wants those grapes. Oh. So you could go in and if the grape is good, you take the bag. Like that's right. okay. that, but I I don't manhandle. I just pick one right. individual he was grape. Harvesting off. grapes yeah. from no. the table. No. I mean, this wasn't a table of loose grapes. Sometimes they have like right. just bunches of grapes, where I guess manhandling, you know, rummaging is encouraged. This would they were already bagged. Yeah, okay? yeah. I, just, that's not right. No, that's not right. Even right. if we yeah. weren't in the like health crisis that right. we're in, still like even. Even a month ago, that wouldn't have been allowed. <laughs> <laughs> Not all the rules have changed. <laughs> okay, but we're th- we're with you, Julie. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Mm. All right. I thought maybe I was getting cranky. Thought I was overreacting. You know, thought I should just calm down. But okay, I'm glad you both both agree with me. Yeah. Okay. If I, I think. See him, yeah. I'm never buying grapes there again. You know, so maybe no <laughs> produce there because now I mean, that you know back. he's out there, yeah. <laughs> People do seem to be, just be going a little crazy. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, I know Liz. we're going to talk, gonna about, talk that. about that, Liz. Okay, so uh, so here's the thing. Remember, we are going to be performing on May 17th in Washington D.C., and we had been joking, Julie, that maybe we would have Leon's dance number be like the opener for our Satellite Sisters One Night Only show in Washington D.C. I, I, did I ever say that? Yes. I did. <laughs> I did, and I was trying to drag you into, you know, that we would harangue Leon into it. But I got to say. Now that I've seen what her dance partner, Piero, has to do, yeah. there's no way either you or I can play the role of yeah, Piero. No. So, so that's not happening. But what is happening is all five Satellite Sisters at 6th and I in Washington, D.C. on May 17th. All of the information is posted at SatelliteSisters.com, or you can buy your tickets at 6th and I. There are links for that in the show notes. And we were we were kind of cooking up some ideas yesterday, right? Yes. We're already mm-hmm. doing a little bit of pre-production. We're thinking about what will make it special. Sheila and Monica will be joining us. So, of course, that's special. But, you know, we got to figure out, like, what do you need from us? What do you want from us? What do you most want to hear? The, and this is our 20th anniversary. This is why we're doing this. We've been at this 20 years. Mm-hmm. There have been some ups and downs, <laughs> but this is we're in an up phase and we want to celebrate it with all of you. So we would love to see you in Washington, D.C., May 17th, 6 and I. There you go. Thanks, Liz. All right. We would like to thank a couple of sponsors. 
Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. Mm -hmm. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz. My hair from Pros is getting reviews. I am not surprised. You have been on that pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. Do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Leon Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when my hair is really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you're the boss. I'll take it. (laughs) You tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leans. Okay, and I'm I'm using it. Pros mm-hmm. isn't just better for you; it's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty free, and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. So, Pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, Pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. Okay, so this is it. It's our (laughs) designated (laughs) COVID-19 segment. We're going to contain it in this part of the show so that it doesn't spread out to infect the whole show. Exactly, Liz. I think it's clear, first off, we're not offering any medical advice. No. We are not commenting on responses by anyone, any person, any organization, anything. No. I am just struggling with what are we supposed to do? I mean, I don't know what to do. Should we stay? Should we go? Should we carry on? We're washing our hands. Or should we shelter in place? I every day, like every hour, I feel like, well, this seems sensible. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to panic. And then I hear about like, oh, South by Southwest is canceling, and this thing's canceling, and colleges are saying, don't come back from spring break. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe should I panic now? Is now when I panic? <laughs> should I just Plus, carry on? You're 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 a producer, which means you're a planner. So, yes. like for me, Julie, you're probably the same. Like, I'm fine with this week. I have this week pretty much covered. Yeah. But then I start to think about, well, what about next week? And what about next <laughs> month? And you just there's nothing you can do or say. You just got to right. carry on. Right. Oh, well, right. But do you? <laughs> do you, Liz? That's what I mean. I feel like I'm going into a period of tremendous personal inconsistency. Because, uh. like, now I've decided I'm just going to carry a lot of paper towels in my pockets. And I will be using that to door handle, push buttons, oh. things like that. You're not going oh, with oh, just, okay. like, gloves? I was wondering what you were doing. Yeah, paper. I mean, gloves well, could work. gloves could also work. But yeah. I just thought, okay, I can, like... The, you know, the stylist at the grocery store, like I have to have a policy over that. That's fine. Yeah. But what about anything else at the grocery store? Like that could also be yeah. dangerous. Yeah. So yeah, what like am I doing? Yeah, like the man with who is manhandling all right. those grapes, what right? What are we doing? You know, you've got to wash everything. Yeah. yeah. 
Are we going yeah. places? Are we staying? I, I, I'm gonna. I'll no. go if people tell me to go. <laughs> I'll, I'll stay if they tell me to stay. I don't, but who's gonna tell you? I don't know. I don't Who know do you Liz. trust? I don't know. Liz. You just gotta go with your instincts. Yeah. I mean, I am supposed to go to the Irma Bombeck Writing Conference in Dayton, Ohio. That's gonna be great. Which should be really fun. I was really, really looking forward to being on the faculty there and leading these panels. And I thought I'll just carry on and go. And it doesn't. It appears to be going on. But uh, but I think. But they could cancel. You yeah. know, they they appear set to to actually hold it. But now a lot of other people on the Facebook page are saying, should we I'm not going to come. I can't come. I'm, I'm compromised. I have people at home that are compromised. I'm like, oh, now should I feel bad about going? But then I think, well, I'll be the only one on the plane to Dayton, Ohio, won't I? It's safer that way. <laughs> so, no, yeah. good. But then I think, what if they cancel all the flights yeah. to Dayton, Ohio from Los Angeles? Because oh. I'm probably going to be the only one on the plane. And then I'm in Dayton, Ohio for the rest of my life. Joel? (laughs) That could happen. I don't know what to do. (laughs) So I'm just carrying on knowing that it could all fall apart. That's what I'm saying. Right. I think Liz is right. It's you just got to be very short term. You got to think about the things you can control and things you can't control. And you can't worry about the things you can't control. Right. Yeah. No, you can't. But you do. Uh, of course just... <laughs> I do. We, yes, of course we all do. You know, and, and we want to control the things we can't control. Yeah. Uh, right, right. I would say this, though. I have one, do have one quick question. Liz, I know you're going to move on, but like, I don't understand the hoarding at the grocery store. I actually don't understand it. I went no. into the Ralph's at 3 o'clock last Friday afternoon. I thought I had missed a news alert or something. <laughs> there were so many people in this tiny, like, crappy, I'll just say it's a crappy Ralph's. It's not even a nice grocery store. 20 people deep. All the toilet paper gone, all the paper products. I, I don't under I, that I don't understand Mm-mm. the hoarding. No. I just I, I was going in for a single thing of coffee filters. Oh, I'm the last person in America to make coffee at her house. So and I just picked up the coffee filters and I put them down. I'm like, I just I can't just deal. Bailed. I can't deal with this right now. Yeah. So I don't understand the product hoarding. No, but, me neither. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I don't know. One thing I was thinking about, though, I was I was watching the news the other night and I was looking at like all the stuff on the crawl. And I thought, remember life before the crawl? (laughs) Remember before 9-11, there was no crawl on our news. And Mm -hmm. then 9-11 was this huge crisis. And all of a sudden we got the crawl to get through the crisis. But then the crawl never went away. So it's like we're in full crisis mode all the time. So I started to think the same way about working from home. I think this could be like the breakthrough moment for remote work, that all these companies are now making arrangements for everyone to be able to work remotely for during the crisis. But once they find out that it actually works and that people are okay with it for the people that can accommodate that, Maybe it will just maybe we'll never go back. Maybe it will just be the thing that's like, oh, yeah, well, I work from home or now the companies will understand, well, we got just as much work done, maybe even more. And it costs us less to have people at home than it does to build these giant offices that nobody wants to be in anyway. So I was just thinking about that. Like there could be things about our life that change permanently. And I don't know if it's good or bad, but the acceptance by all kinds of organizations that, yeah, remote work is fine, could kind of be a breakthrough. I mean, that's good. But I can tell you all the parents that are home with children and trying to supervise the online schooling, they want those kids to go back to school. Yes, right. that's true. Yes. I don't think they want to be home trying to work all day at home and supervise online schooling. Right, right. And 
Well, and the keyword, the keyword in work- colleges that are closing, they have a value proposition. Like if it's just as, you know, if you can get your degree by being sitting on the couch at home and finishing courses online, why do you have to go to these uh, expensive universities? See, this is what I mean, Julie. I think yeah. this could change yeah. a lot of things forever. Things okay. that we've just hung on to. Because we thought, well, this is the only way you can do it. Maybe not. Though I totally get the key word in work from home is work. Right. (laughs) You know, (laughs) so if you're at home, but you're not actually getting your work done because you're also supervising your kids who are at home, then that is a different scenario. That is super hard on parents. I've noticed even in our Facebook group, we've had parents posting that their kids are now home uh, through the end of March. And, you know, they're trying to line up you know, play dates and things for their kids. But then again, do you go out in public? We don't know. Right. Imagine. We are not telling you what to do. Yeah, I don't know. And when you mentioned the crawl, this is apropos of nothing, but maybe not. But do you remember how much our dad hated that crawl? So what he did on his own television is he just just pasted paper, (laughs) paper across the bottom of the television. Because he couldn't stand the crawl. I had totally and forgotten then, about that. <laughs> yeah. You're like, he couldn't work the remote control anymore because of the Alzheimer's. But there was just paper. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a metaphor for something <laughs> in this coronavirus world. I don't know what. But just, just, just you got yeah, it's you got to control what you can, Liam. Paper over you the crawl. Control what you can. That's the only it. way he could control the crawl was to paper over it. <laughs> It's like can you. I, it's like you with paper say, towels uh, in your pockets. Right. <laughs> I say on a sort of a tangent. The only bright spot this past weekend, it seemed, in the tsunami of bad news, was can I say Prince Harry and Meghan on their final <laughs> yes. royal duties before they retired from public life. Were those the most magnificent pictures, photographs of? How about that green cape dress? Oh my God! You know, with, yes. Uh, or the gorgeous red gown or that turquoise Stella McCartney uh, dress that where they were under the umbrella. Maybe they could just pop up from time to time during, <laughs> during this because I, right. I just didn't want to watch the news or any of that. But but I found great joy in seeing those pictures and just seeing how fabulous they looked. And that was good. That and pictures of dogs sort of got me through the weekend. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's true. Pictures to last a lifetime. I mean, that was yeah. spectacular. Well yeah. done. Yeah. Yeah. Well done. They're not really going to withdraw from our lives, I can't, though, are I they? I hope not. I hope not. Just I can understand. Wherever you are in Canada, just parade around, go go visit somewhere, give out a few awards, just yes. get all dulled up because we're enjoying that. Yes. Yeah, I can understand why they don't want to be part of the Windsor family anymore, but <laughs> yeah. we need them. Just, yes. just, It is a bright spot, that's for sure. Okay, we mentioned this at the top of the show. This was an article in the New York Times uh, this weekend. Uh, the headline was, Could You Be an Anti-Influencer? And I thought, well, I'd like that. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a good thing to be. Like just someone who sees things differently than everyone else. But that's not exactly what's happening here with these anti-influencers. So there are there's a certain base of people out there uh, that apparently always picks flops, that they've learned these people that track grocery store purchases and things, they've learned that certain people are the types of people that they buy Crystal Pepsi, they buy watermelon Oreos, (laughs) they buy 
my God, Colgate Kitchen Entrees? Oh. Whose bright idea was that? <laughs> they buy Cheetos lip balm. What? Oh. 25% of you are buying these things. And the industry is on to you. You are certain people are systematically drawn to flops, and their tastes are so reliably contrarian. There, there's now a name for these anti-influencer sisters. They are called by experts in the field, harbingers of failure. <laughs> oh, oh my God, harbingers of failure. I love it. Do, they, do you get paid for being a harbinger of failure, Liz? <laughs> No, it sounds expensive to be a harbinger of failure. You're just constantly buying these things that nobody else in the world wants. And this is so here's an economist, Catherine Tucker at MIT. She said, we looked in the data and we saw there were customers who were really good at picking out failures. So good, in fact, that a newly introduced product was less likely to survive if it attracted these buyers. So you are unwittingly killing things out there. Which is, in a backwards way, a very powerful place to be. And uh, so they said, attempts to characterize these people have borne little fruit. The harbingers, well, first of all, just the word harbinger, I love that word. Yeah. I, I just think it's a good word. And I remember one time, I will confess this, I'm not proud. Like back a few companies ago, we were doing a big presentation and a guy that I really did not like at all was doing a big sales presentation. And he kept pronouncing that word harbinger. A har- <laughs> <laughs> okay. he, he said it like four times in his presentation, Julie, harbinger this and harbinger okay. that. And I, I thought. I cannot stand, Liz. What did you do? I, I, I thought someone should tell him that's not how you <laughs> pronounce that. But. Uh- I don't like you, so I'm not telling you. So (laughs) he could still be saying that, for all I know. Anyway, I digress. So these harbingers of failures, um, they, uh, let's see, they're slightly more concentrated on the West Coast and in non-urban areas. Uh, So there's demographic data on them, but there's no clear geographical pattern. They may be a little bit wealthier than average and have bigger families, Although the evidence is open to doubt. They shop at warehouse clubs like Costco, but then so does everyone. And they're just big on variety. This is why I like these people. Like who in their right mind picks up Coors Rocky Mountain sparkling water? These people do. <laughs> I, I, I think that's great. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna go in some new aisles. This is what I was thinking. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna start shopping for these soon to fail. Uh, because I just think it's another way of being an early adopter. You know, like I bought web TV. I bought that thing as soon as that box, as soon as it came out. It seemed like a good idea that we would have the Internet on our TVs. Can I just point out I was not wrong? I just like I was so far ahead of the curve on web TV that that box, I finally just had to throw it away. That was that was I will also support any line extension of Fresca. Oh, right? okay. Because okay. you got to go. You got to go. Fresca I mean, cookies, fresca dinner meals, good ones. <laughs> yeah. I was really just meaning the flavors, Julie. Mm-hmm. Like fresca peach, I'm in. Black cherry, I'm in. The only one I will not buy is the grapefruit mint because, as you know, I, I don't like mint. I strongly about mint. I do not like mint anything. So just curious, Leon, have you have you gone? You're such a shopper. I you're know. a real grocery shopper person. You could go down all kinds of aisles. I probably never go down. Have you bought anything lately that you thought, let's give this a go? Yes. I mean, uh I I am a pretty um 
I, I feel like I'm a pretty astute shopper, so mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'm an anti-influencer, but I bought some almonds this week. My husband enjoys almonds after dinner. Uh-huh. You know? uh, so I saw some that were cinnamon flavored. And I oh. thought, well, that's kind of a nice after dinner taste treat. And uh, so we tried them last night and we both simultaneously, they were disgusting. <laughs> like they tasted <laughs> terrible. I mean, what uh, could be terrible about they weren't honey roasted cinnamon almonds. They were just like almonds with cinnamon. Dusted. Just, it oh, was that sounds ugh. dusty and like dry, dry. Dank. Dusty and dry. Yeah. Oh, and I just so we both said these were terrible, you know, and he goes, but I'll finish them. So just leave them. <laughs> but I'm never getting those again. OK. So, yeah. So. Harbinger's a failure. There's no shame in being a harbinger and failure. It just means you are embracing more variety right. in your life. And for that, I salute you, Harbingers. <laughs> well, Liz, this next story that I have uh, on retail, I think you may be able to combine the two. That this was in Women's Wear Daily. The headline was, Drunk Shopping is a $44.9 billion, with a B industry. That's right. Almost a quarter of American consumers shop while they're intoxicated. I do not understand that. And this is not just at home on the Internet, you know, uh, with a glass of wine, ordering things. This is you are going to Because we've all done that. That's 100% of people. That's 100%. These people are going to stores and retail stores are even many grocery stores. They have wine tasting. They have, you know, beer bars, beer, you know, growlers. They do that. 22% of people admit to shopping under the influence. And the average drunk purchase, you know how large it is? $768. Oh, Oh my gosh. The people are like, they are, you know, they're buying like lawnmowers and things. What are (laughs) you doing? Cars. They are buying shoes are very big. Oh, Uh, for example, Nordstrom's flagship store in New York. They have a bar on every single level of that store. And they have a big bar in the shoe department because apparently that's what people want to do. They want a cocktail and they want to try on shoes. Wow. And you ah. do, uh, this is very popular with millennials and Gen Xs that, you know, they, they make purchases, shoes, clothing, accessories. When they're grocery shopping, they want a couple of pops before, uh, to get some food. Yeah. <laughs> do and they have that at your Tom Thumb? Does your local Tom Thumb have a wine uh, bar? Maybe the big with the guy with the big man hands <laughs> rummaging through the grapes. Maybe that was his issue. I don't know. Um, uh, <laughs> men account it. for over half of the drunk purchases in shoes. Okay? Oh, men? Oh. But people are purchasing cars when they're drunk. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that goes on at dealerships where they have champagne and things going on. Uh, biggest uh, drunk shoppers are in the Northeast, uh, Washington, D.C., Massachusetts, and New York. Very sensible people in North Dakota. Mm-hmm. They, have, they have the least, least number of people. <laughs> now, I do not understand. I do not know any of the underlying statistics supporting this headline. Okay. I don't know if people are self-reporting that they are drunk. <laughs> hey, I'm drunk. And I'm, and I'm or are they, or are they breathalyzing them in the I, shoe I don't department? Know. I don't know. I, I, I don't understand how they gathered this information about who's drunk and who's not drunk. But I just, I just, even if you're not drunk, you know, if you're. 
Are you having a cocktail when you shop? I'd love to know this, right? Do you do this? I, I don't just know. think cocktails are so much more of a thing now. And then the whole happy hour explosion, yes. like that's become a verb. Let's uh-huh. happy hour. Let's go to... Yeah. That's I just I think it's just everywhere. Yeah. I you know I've been in that Nordstrom. That's the one in Hudson Yard, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's gorgeous. In the shoe department, they yes. got the big bar, and yeah. everybody's drinking, right? Yeah, I mean, you would. It's a very celebratory place. I can see that. You go in and you just be like, yeah, sure, I'll have a cocktail and wander around. Because where are you? You're in the middle of nowhere, and you know in Hudson Yard. <laughs> Hudson Yard. You got yeah. a long way to go to get back to civilization in Manhattan. Yeah. So. You might as well just stick it out there. But um, but I just think the, the whole cocktailing, happy hour, yeah. like, that just has exploded. It's all part of what they also call merchantainment. Oh, Liz. <laughs> oh, of course. Sorry. Please. Okay, what is we We had a few laughs about this on Safe for Work the other day because it's like retail knows they have to be more entertaining now. So they're trying to, like, it's not just buying stuff. They have to have entertainment or bars or it needs to be an experience because, you know, that's what millennials want. Everything needs to be an experience. Mm. So, again, I'm not blaming millennials for that. I'm sure you did not invent drunk shopping. <laughs> but I think Although Gen X they're, they're heavily, they're in the numbers. The yeah. Gen Xers and millennials uh, find it the most popular. Okay, yeah. well, I... I don't mock it till you try it. I'm going to have to try it. <laughs> okay. okay, let's do some field reporting. Field reporting. Satellite sisters and misters, let us know how much of this you're actually doing. Go check out that Nordstrom and Hudson Yard for us and file a report in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group with photos of the bar. Yeah. Okay, uh, we have a couple of sponsors to thank. That's a tough pivot, but I'm going to do it. I'm <laughs> boldly, boldly heading into the ad section. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day, just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who bring a touch of something special to your life aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSisters at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. (laughs) In their skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils, I love it all. That duo they have going. Like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the Mega Moisture Duo. Yes. You can you can literally see your skin get firmer, and it just delivers <laughs> this full body glow. Okay, you know we have raved about the Andaria Algae Body Oil. Mm-hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria Collagen Body Oil. Youthful, yeah. Liz. A youthful yeah. glow is going to happen, <laughs> and it's a, infused with Osea's signature Andaria seaweed, so it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself (laughs) because you're worth it. (laughs) That's that's true. 
That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code SAD Sisters. So this is it. This is a win, win, win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SAT Sisters at oseamalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to oseamalibu.com and use code SATSISTERS for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. Okay, so we are back. I have a little announcement to make. Good news, bad news. Well, mainly 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 bad bad. news. You know, I do another podcast called Safe for Work, which I've been doing some version of for almost three years now. Anyway, Safe for Work is ending at the end of March, which Rico and I are both sad about because we've had so much fun doing it. And we've tried every possible way, like the show used to have another title. Remember when it was called I Hate My Boss? Right. And we used to have the little scripted comedy in the middle. Yeah, that didn't work either. Really, we've tried a lot of things to buoy the the um the popularity of the show. It just it just never quite never quite panned out in the way that uh that Wondry needed it to. So we are both moving on. We both have plenty of other things to do, as you know about me. I got right. plenty of things to do. But we're we're spending this final month. Uh, trying to make every episode a little unique. So I just want to warn you that our final episode, which will drop on March 30th, for like a year and a half now, Rico's been making fun of me that I never saw the TV show or the movie Office Space. And he's like, how could you have missed Office Space? I was like, well, it came out in the late 90s and I was like, busy. (laughs) I was working. working. I had already started a very busy career. So I so for like a year and a half, he's been bugging me to see Office Space. So it, our final episode is going to be Liz finally sees Office Space oh. and we discuss. So I watched it this weekend. It is pretty funny. I mean, there are a lot of office cliches that were actually created in this movie. So uh, I've seen it. Uh, did, did I know that Jennifer Aniston was even in that movie? Oh. No, I did not. Did I know that there was a very funny character whose name is Michael Bolton? They get a lot of comedy out of that. No, I did not. <laughs> did I know that they pretty much invented the, so have you read the memo thing that everybody does in offices? You know, like there's this recurring joke. and I didn't know any of that. Anyway, so, uh, so tune in. Uh, to the final episode of Safe for Work to hear uh, Liz finally sees Office Space. I think it's going to be fun. But speaking of Office Space, a couple weeks ago on Satellite Sisters, I just, you know, it was more of a cry for help uh, that I was having trouble managing uh, my calendars and my just my the in and out productivity of what was happening on my laptop. My email was not working right and my calendars were not working, working out right. So um, a Satellite Sisters listener, Anne, heard my plea for help. <laughs> Anne, thank you so much. Anne runs a business called A Tidy Inbox. And this is her side hustle. She has like a real job, but uh-huh. a side hustle. So she calls herself a productivity coach. And she said she just has a lifelong love of organization, which is fantastic, Anne, that because is. I do not. <laughs> <laughs> 
I never even have a temporary love of organization. <laughs> so I hired a tidy inbox to help me just sort these two things. Like if I could get my calendars sorted and my email sorted, because I have a lot of both, a lot of email accounts, a lot of different calendars. We've got the Satellite Sisters calendar, which is different than my other work calendar, which is different than my, you know, life calendar. Anyway, this is just a thank you to Anne. If you need an intervention of the productivity sort, I'll, I'll put the, the link to Anne's business in the show notes. I just really want to tell you that how great it was to be heard by one of you. <laughs> <laughs> and just raised your hand. It was just delightful. And then as a result of that, because, and this is something that's hard to admit, because some of the email was, let's just say, suboptimal. Suboptimal. <laughs> it was. A lot of the Satellite Sisters show email, we were never really seeing it, no. were we? And most of you don't email. Most of you know if you want to communicate with us, the Facebook group is the best way to do it. But anyway, now that a tidy inbox got the show email working again, boom, we got a delightful email from Rebecca who uh, who said, love the show. Uh, I've never written to a podcast before, but I'm a self-proclaimed government geek and wanted to offer a little clarification about your discussion on voting in California. So Rebecca sort of explains that maybe what we said was not 100% accurate, uh, but that she knows all of the rules. And then she said, you know, so important to have accurate information about voting. We agree, Rebecca. Thank you for your fun, informative podcast. Keep up the great work. You're welcome, Rebecca. And now I feel like last, I think on last week's show, I thought I was going to volunteer to be an election monitor. Right. But we don't have a Satellite Sisters election (laughs) monitor. We have Rebecca. So thank you, Rebecca, for writing to us at that email address, which is actually working now, sisters at SatelliteSisters.com. All right, Liz, it's time for Entertaining Sisters. We have a couple of recommendations, uh, sort of some new, fresh takes. Uh, These are actual, well, mine are just, uh, they're slideshows that you can go to online. All of them great. Yeah, one from Time Magazine, one from the L.A. Times. So Time Magazine, you know, for 100 years or so, they put out Times Man of the Year. It was Man of the Year for many years. Then they changed it to Person of the Year. They made it Machine of the Year one time. We are not fooled. But no women. But what they did, they went back in time and they did 100 years of Women of the Year. So starting with the suffragettes and then moving to the current year. So it's really fun to see their picks from the last 100 years. It's a great slideshow. They had wonderful people, you know, every like Soledad O'Brien wrote about somebody. They had great essayists, right? short pieces about all these incredible women. And it would just be a fun exercise uh, to, you know, go through with your kids or for yourself or if they have to do a book report because March is Women's History Month. There's a lot of women there that are mentioned. Mm -hmm. Of course, my girl Madonna made it. And that makes me super (laughs) happy. I I know. Serena was on the list, too. I, you know, I I thought it was a great list, Leanne, and I loved reading all the essays, but I still it still doesn't make up. For (laughs) all the years that they had Man of the Year. Okay, we're just saying time. You're not off the hook yet. Okay, in my book. That's a good point. That is a very important point to make, Julie. (laughs) Right. I mean, they Mm -hmm. can't just like, oh, well, we ignored you for 100 years, but now we're going to do this really nice thing. Once. Okay, it's nice, but but we still remember. Okay. (laughs) All right. To that end, also, the L.A. Times did a really incredible special section called Game Changers about women in sports. 
And this debuted in my Sunday paper this week. I was really blown away. It's a list of 25 athletes that have made a difference. It's a great range of athletes, uh, but really beautiful photography, interesting write-ups. They have Simone Biles on the cover, you know, which is a great choice. But, you know, people from skateboarders to our girl Janet Evans. The Janet Olympic Evans. It's swimmer, nice to see her in there. Always Always great to see Janet Evans wherever she wants to be. So that was also a really great section, and you can go see that online. Yes. Also, if again, kids preparing book reports for Women's History Month, we only get a month, so come on, <laughs> make it count. Uh, but it's also just a really fun list to page through. Yeah, I put a link to that in our show notes, but I also already posted it in the Satellite Sisters oh, Facebook group. Good. So you can go through these um, the Sports Women Game Changers slideshow right there already. Yeah, those were fun to see. It was really a pleasure to open my paper on Sunday, and there it was as a whole freestanding section with just, like, because. Yeah. (laughs) Apparently they didn't need an excuse. So as long as we're talking about women and sports, I I want to recommend a new sports podcast called Hall of Shame. And it's a new podcast from Crooked Media, you know, does Pod Save America and a few other things. And this is uh, two hosts. Their names are Rachel Bonetta and uh, Rachna Fruchbaum. Now, Rachel is already a host on Fox Sports. Rachna is a comedy writer. She wrote on Fresh Off the Boat and Parks and Rec. And so they're both just big sports fans, but they're going through sort of Sports scandals of the past, sisters. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. So they just launched yesterday. They dropped two episodes. One was the Rosie Ruiz story. Remember when she kind of won the Boston Marathon, but not really? And we remember that name, but I didn't really remember the details of how that all went down. So that was a fun episode to listen to. The other episode was about the 2002 Pairs figure skating scandal in Salt Lake City. Remember, there was the Canadian pair, Jamie Saleh and David Pelletier, against the Russians. Right. And, you know, Jamie and David did a totally bang-up job, but somehow the Russians outscored them, blah, 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 blah. It became clear that something was going on behind the scenes, and it was, of course, a French judge who had sold out to the Russians, and the whole thing Mm. unraveled. And they both ended up getting bogus gold medals. Right. They, so they all got gold medals, which was not really a good resolution for that story. Anyway, so um, so so Rachel and Rachna did a really good job, like, reminding me of those details. But then there was a moment in the middle of it where they reminded listeners that Jamie and David, they skated their, well, winning routine to Love Story. Oh, yeah. That was that's a, an incredible theme. Yeah, 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 which I had forgotten, Joel, but yeah, incredible. But, okay, the, the two hosts are like, what is that? We don't know what that is. Was, oh. was that a movie? Was the, Who was in that? And, it was, and one of them says, was that like a bomb movie? So it was funny that they skated to that? And I was like, are you kidding me? Who was in that? Allie McGraw? You people don't remember? Like, so, right, relax okay. over there. Calm so, down. So I I love you guys. I love what you're doing. Uh, I wish you good luck. But if you ever need any sort of generational check-in on cultural or sports re- references, <laughs> yes. Yes. I just want to say your satellite sisters. Well, your gal. Yeah. I, th- I think all the satellite sisters could really just fill in like the whole Gen X, Boomer, cultural reference thing that I there's no reason why they would know that. Why would they know what love story is? 
but we know. Right. And we will never forget. <laughs> so anyway, good luck, sisters. The name of the, the name of the podcast is Hall of Shame. It's great to hear more women on the air. It's great to have a new sports po- podcast, and we are here for you. Excellent list, yeah. As as you said, Ally McGraw, Ryan O'Neill. I mean, Ryan O'Neill. Right. I mean, first it was a hit sure book. First, yeah, a huge book. First, Eric Siegel sobbing wrote the when book. I read that yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Sobbing. And yeah. I just say, yeah. Right. right. Sobbing. Right. And, and Allie McGraw, uh-huh. her wardrobe in that, still a style icon. Yes. Like, just, yeah. you could still wear every single outfit and look great. And then Henry Mancini wrote the theme. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If I have to watch Office Space, everyone has to watch Love Story. <laughs> okay. That's what I would Fair say enough. about that. <gasps> All right. Uh, a couple of things um, about the Sweeney Sisters book tour. Again, I am going forth with optimism. <laughs> And I'm just making some plans. And should circumstances arise where plans need to be changed, that will be happening too. Yes, I'm just trying not trying not You're to get too stressed. Going forth with out. optimism and Clorox um, uh, sanitizer. That's good, <laughs> Julie. Yeah. Exactly. All right. First, the Sweeney Sisters is my new novel. It's coming out April 28th. I've been giving away copies on the year. I have the last two copies to give away oh, this exciting. week. Uh, Catherine from Orlando, congratulations! Thanks you for posting under the hashtag the Sweeney Sisters and Sat Sisters. You will be getting a copy. And Monica over there on Instagram, you and your satellite sisters were at the Erica Bad do concert you will also be getting a copy of this sisters and that's it i have no more copies to the rest of you people have to buy yours that's the unspoken message just saying or pre-order is also awesome like now you know okay you didn't get one coming in the mail good time to pre-order yeah good time to Uh pre-order that's all i'm saying it's available to pre-order either at a behemoth store like amazon or your small indie bookstore also hugely helpful to me to let indie bookstore owners know that this book is out there and maybe you pre-order one and they take a look at the description and pre-order a couple of more to have on their shelf or even at your local library. Also helpful to request that they purchase it and then maybe they purchase a couple more. So those are all great things that you can do for the Sweeney Sisters. <laughs> um, should you should you choose to accept your mission as my deputized marketing agents. <laughs> um, also, I've added a couple of dates to my tour, optimistically moving forward. Yes. Uh, so the first is actually a Satellite Sisters meetup in Dayton, Ohio. Um, big shout out to Debbie, who has been organizing this and really spearheading this effort. I am going to be in Dayton, allegedly, for the Irma Bombeck Writing Conference. And so on April 4th, we will be having a meetup. Uh, it's a Sunday. No, it's not. It's a Saturday in Dayton, Ohio, from 3 to 5. Okay, April 4th. Debbie has scouted and found a wonderful wine bar. I have a break in my schedule there. That's why it's from 3 to 5. Those are two hours that I have free. I'm doing panels before, and I have a dinner to go to that evening. But 3 to 5, Satellite Sisters Meetup, Dayton, Ohio, April 4th. Full details are at my website or at the Satellite Sisters Facebook group page. You can even RSVP to Debbie, which will be helpful oh. um, for her because she's, again, Debbie, she's just doing she's a She's organizing job. everything there. Yeah, looks she's good. Yeah. Really, Thank you, Debbie. Yeah, she's really doing a great job. So she's super helpful in doing that. Um, so she's trying to let the restaurant know how many people might be there. And so we appreciate that. Um And so there's an RSVP and everything. Way to go, Debbie. Okay, a couple of other things that I've just booked. Um, We're going to be, I'm going to be in Southport, Connecticut, Mm. which is my hometown. Yep. I'm going back to the Pequot Library. That date was just booked for May 6th. Okay, that's a midweek date. 
Uh, but it's very special to me because um, the book actually takes place in Southport, Connecticut. So uh, I will be going back to my hometown and uh, the Pequot Library appears in the book. Mm. So there's a lot of mm. lot of things happening there. And um, and uh, I will be in conversation with a woman named Finley Shaw, who owns a bookstore out in Shelter Island and also does a lot of book events in Connecticut. So I'm very happy to be doing that. And that will be May 6th. That sounds that's, so fun. That's an evening event. Yeah. I, I don't we haven't nailed down a time yet, but it's evening. So, yeah, uh, I want to mention that we together as the Satellite Sisters uh, will be in Plano, Texas. Yes, we will. Right, Jewel? Right. Yes, Plano. <laughs> it's just north of Dallas. It's yes. a fantastic city, uh, and we're going to be at a, a beautiful bookstore with a wine bar. Right? It has a wine bar. And this is <laughs> yeah. yes. We're going to be doing some drunk, drunk shopping. shopping. No, you we... can. This is your chance. This is it. Buy a lot of extra books. Yeah, like just keep in mind, average purchase seven hundred and sixty-eight dollars. You can buy a lot of copies of Sweeney Sisters. Yes, uh, yes. Take an Uber, and uh, they did mention that the wine bar there at the Barnes and Noble in Plano as half price Wednesday. So they oh. said, "Would you be interested in a Wednesday night?" We're like, "We're in." So Julie, and that's the three of us. That's the three of us. You guys will be essentially yeah. introducing me, mm-hmm. but I mean, we're all going to be there. So just we're come. just going to be sitting at the bar listening. It's good, excellent. Uh, so that. That is May 13th. We'll be in Plano, Texas. Um, we're going to be in Washington, D.C. together on the 17th. I've also confirmed a signing in Beaverton, Oregon on June 10th. So that's at the Powell's out in Cedar Hills. That's Cedar Hills Crossing. That's where I was the last couple of times I came. I know Monica's planning on being at that one. And then we're going to do a Satellite Sisters meetup in the Brew Pub. That's in that same shopping area. Oh, yeah. Details, which yeah. we did last time. Uh, yeah. Monica assures me they've redone that place. So good. That's good. <laughs> it, it needed a little upgrade? Needed an upgrade. So first we're going to do the signing at Powell's, and then we can wander across the parking lot uh, and do a little meetup afterwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's it. I you mean, got things cooking. Going forth. Things right. are getting locked in. Yes. There's also, yeah. uh, and I should mention for the local Los Angeles types, uh, the I will be at Vroman's on April 28th in Pasadena. I keep forgetting to put that. Now that my calendar works, I'm totally putting it in my calendar. I know. I I should have mentioned that first. (laughs) But that's on the pub date. I will be in Pasadena, California. It's the Sweeney Sisters book launch party at Vroman's, 7 p.m. Okay. So those are my dates. Booked on my calendar. Look at that. Okay. Oh, Liz. (laughs) Wow. Julie, if you could see it, it's color-coded. Things are happening. I'm impressed. Okay. Maybe when you're in Dallas, Liz, you'll show me how to do that. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, We want to thank the people who support our show. We want to thank Sergio Enriquez for engineering our show and always making us sound great. Uh, Let's see. What do you got on your to-do list? Jewel, what do you got? Okay. I got to get to the bottom of seed bombs. Seed bombs. New York Times reported on that this weekend. It said you're supposed to make a mud ball filled with wildflower seeds and drive down the highway and throw these mud balls out and then wildflowers would grow all over. I just don't know if this is legal, if you're allowed to do this, to make seed bombs. If people know anything about it, that's on my list this week. (laughs) I I feel like if I did that, I would hit and kill like something. You know what I mean? Like, oh, my God, I just killed a a bird, a roadrunner or something. (laughs) Okay, please. We're asking you if you know about seed bombs. Let us inform us. (laughs) All right. Uh, Liz, what do you have on your to-do list? Well, 
I am uh, proceeding with optimism, Leanne. So I am flying up to Oregon. And uh, like, I'm just I'm just doing it, people. And, you know, I know that there's there's nothing to joke about, but I would just like to go on record saying I'm personally um, is insulted the word. I don't know when all of these experts explained that the definition of elderly when it comes to health risk is 60 and over. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, uh. I thought of you people. (laughs) I don't even know what to say about that, Julie. I don't know what to say. So I think just to spite the people who have put me in in that category, I'm getting on a plane this week. And I'm I'm proud of it. Okay, Liz. So there. There you go. Liz Dolan. Uh, All right. Well, I will be going uh, next week. Speaking of just optimism, the International Women of Courage Celebration is here in Los Angeles. It's an event I've worked on for the last five years through my association with the American Women for International Understanding. This year, I took a sabbatical, volunteer sabbatical Mm -hmm. from producing the event because I knew I was going to have a book tour coming up. I didn't know I was gonna. I didn't know I was gonna also be kind of right. sick. So it turned out to be a very smart thing to do. Yes. And I'm a big believer in volunteer sabbaticals. If you feel like your life is getting slightly out of control, just put a pin in it. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. take a break, and you can always step back in. So this year, I'm excited to go and honor these courageous female leaders from around the world. But I'll just be a guest. So I'm also looking forward That's to that. That's gonna be nice. <laughs> You're going to enjoy it, Lee, and we're uh, happy that you took a year off. I am, Aren't we, Liz. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you know- <laughs> It's a lot of stress. You did a lot of work, a lot of very fine work. Yes. But you needed a break. You never could have pulled off Rhythm Nation if you were also doing International Women of Courage. I I couldn't have. I would have been distracted, Liz. Yes. Thank you for pointing that out. Thank you. Thank okay, you. that's such a great event, though. Yes, so I'm great looking, organization. They're the women are here in the in the United States. They're going all across the country, and then they're coming to Los Angeles, and I'm going to be there. Okay, jazz handing away. No. <laughs> No touching? No touching, no hugs. No no touching. Thumbs up. That's my new (laughs) greeting. Just give someone a thumbs up. (laughs) Two thumbs up. Okay. That's good. That's good, Jill. All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. Hey, sisters, have a great week. You too, Leanne. Stay healthy, and don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.